Okay. All right. Ready? Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's just see how it goes. <clears throat> Need a fart. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Go Play That podcast. Uh, a little late this week, apologies. We had uh, a virus go around GPT Towers, uh, which knocked a few of us out, as well as some, some business trips, but we're back. Uh, no idea when we'll put this one up, but um, we'll try to keep to a weekly schedule as best as we can. Wednesday is the day. Uh, I'm Earl Baker from Madrid and uh, reigning from London, Tom Walford. Hola. And also reigning from Dusseldorf, Germany. Indeed. Bob Marate. That's me. Welcome. He knows karate. Bob Marate, he knows karate. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to patent that. Yeah, I, I do like that a lot, actually. Uh, so we have a topic this week. Um, inspired by a game that, uh, that Tom discussed recently. Uh, Tom, what was that game? That game was the Uncharted uh, collection, Nathan Drake collection on PS4. So, so what, what, uh, what topic has spawned off from that particular game? Well, I've kind of been thinking since I played it, because I never played the originals. Uh, I was an Xbox boy up until the PS4. Uh, are remakes, remasters, this kind of thing, are they really necessary, or should we leave them in the past and sort of move on? Yeah, yeah. Mm. something worth discussing, indeed. Yeah, it was. It, it actually sp it spawned off um, a, a couple, maybe even three or four, in-depth discussions since uh, since then uh, it's made us realize that we should probably get some of that in a recording um so i, I guess we'll, we'll we'll keep on the topic of nathan drake very briefly i i'd say i mean would you have played those games if it wasn't for the fact that they were re-released well this is a thing for me i was welcoming and relishing the chance to get to play them because i'd heard a lot of hype about them i know they were very well received on the playstation 3 and as I never really even saw any gameplay, I, I knew it was like kind of Indiana Jones, fantasy, running around, looking for treasure, shooting loads of dudes. I knew the sort of gist of the games, but I never got my hands on it. Um, mm. I don't think I would ever have gone back and bought a PS3 with the sole purpose of playing those games. So I was actually very happy that, you know, we got the chance to, to see it on the PlayStation 4. I think this is, in fact, the purpose of, of these remakes, you know? I think these remakes are more addressed for people who never really got the chance of playing really good games that appeared on previous generations of the same system or on even different systems, depending on, I don't know, uh, some some cases. No, I mean, basically, my, 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 my point was thus, that uh, while I was very happy to get to the chance to play them, and I did enjoy the games, I did feel that there were a lot of very questionable de design issues, uh, things that could have been improved, and in fact, things that have been improved by this genre of game since the first Uncharted game was released. And uh -huh. a lot of what I was thinking was, actually, this is quite a nice game, it's fun, but at the same time, I could be playing, with my limited, precious free time, could be playing something new that's taken on that formula made it either better or its own 
such as waiting out for Uncharted 4, I guess. Well, I mean, obviously, it's nice to have played the first three before I played the fourth, but I, you know, you can see the obvious leaps and bounds of improvements between Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 3. Right. So for me, mm-hmm. I guess Uncharted 4 is going to be a really good game. Whereas, I mean, if, if you, like me, had played those games as they were released, you wouldn't have encountered those problems because they weren't, they weren't seen as design flaws as such at the time. You know, you're, they were fresh already. Exactly. They were, you know, it, it was fresh ideas and they, they, they weren't even, the concept of design flaws at the time uh, didn't exist because the design flaws you're speaking of are actually victims of time, right? Well, I think so. I think, well, I mean, maybe they were sort of finicky then, but they were still in one of what was regarded as one of the best games of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of people excuse these. I think the problem is with this sort of nostalgic remastering, remaking craze that seems to be happening happening a little bit at the moment is that maybe, you know, these rose-tinted glasses, the game isn't actually as good as you remember it. Right. You know, because, your point. Yeah, because your memory tends to gloss over the worst times, you know. You'll always remember a cracking night out with your friends, but you probably won't remember the terrible hangover the next day. So I have mm-hmm. uh, I have rose-tinted contact lenses, I think, <laughs> because... Um, You've got rose-tinted eyes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's, that's, that's a better analogy, because I, I actually still wheel out my, you know, my NES, even, um, and I'm still able to enjoy those games today, perhaps because I did originally enjoy them at the time and i so there is a nostalgia element to it um, careful with that because that really really depends more on the game than the actual system it's on uh yes yes i, I think nez was more a time frame example but you're right that there, there have been games i've gone back to and they haven't aged as well um any retro game i personally cover for the site i very specifically get it out play it again and make sure I still enjoy it today. So I, you'll, you'll notice whenever I do a retro article or a video or something like that, I don't talk about it in, a, in nostalgic terms. I talk about it as though I have played it recently, because that's true. Um, but I, I have revisited games that have been HD updated. Um, I played all of the God of War games again on the PS3, um, and I, I did enjoy them, but, uh, as Tom said, um, you know, some, he felt maybe he should be using that precious time on something more recent. I, I did feel a little bit of guilt replaying those games cause it felt a little bit like I'd wasted my time. Um, the HD, the HD polish that they had applied to God of War wasn't worth me replaying it at that point point in time i think i i would have more happily replayed the original ps2 versions but 10 years from now when i'm thinking i can't remember what that game was like and i think this is the key i think there's a very big difference between the hd remaster or a remake of a game and the original retro like i wouldn't Mm. mind going back cracking out uh, uh my old mega drive Sure. You know, I'm playing through Sonic or Road Rash 2, which was one of my favorite games on that uh, on that system. I played hours and hours of Road Rash 2. What I'm saying is, would it really be necessary to see now a slavish sort of remastering of that game? I mean, right. would would Road Rash 2 be a suitable uh, suitable topic for a current gen system? 
Uh, there is ways, I guess, but it it has to be sort of the design of the game would have to be updated to meet the 21st century standards, I guess. So, so that's uh, you've you've touched on the remaster versus the remake topic there, Bob. Uh huh. So you're you're saying that a game like that, for it to be worth revisiting today, it would have to be a complete remake rather than a remaster. Yes, if it were to be successful nowadays, yes. Because gamers nowadays are not the gamers that were before, unfortunately. And it pays me to say that, but if they were, if it was just re-released, remastered, as it is right now, Road Rash, only the people who originally played it would probably enjoy it. Right. And, and it's funny because one of the things I wanted to bring up um, in this topic, I didn't anticipate bringing it up this early, is um, the virtual console. Yeah. Um, the virtual console on the Wii um, was a huge, huge moneymaker for Nintendo at the time. Probably helped by the fact that the Wii um, was in tens of billions of households. Um, not so much the Wii U, but um, that was an extremely popular console. And the ability to access a back catalogue all the way back to the NES um was a big deal and a lot of people wanted to revisit those games but they did nothing to them it was as they were originally made it was just an emulator running those games with no spit or polish at all yep which is the best thing about the virtual console i think i mean it's not a portal uh, it's not like an access to to these games or something it's just it's just that it's just the game as it was before for people who never had the chance to play it just to see it how it was and to play it on our current console in a legal way because of course people who wanted to play that would have to research to emulation or roms or whatever and i don't know most of those games were uh, either just not easy to find or or just not released at all in europe or america sure but that's I mean that's that's not really an issue that I have either. I mean when I was when I was sort of broaching this topic, I I, I do think that is a fully acceptable way. It's like your your retro habit, of course. Uh, you know, it's a fully acceptable way of still enjoying old games. Sure. My my major problem is that you're starting to see. I mean, we just seen in in PSN this month as well. We've got the the Beyond Good and Evil HD. Yeah. Remake. You know, and mm. it looked, as far as I remember, it looked pretty good on the GameCube. And I'm sure a lot of people still have GameCubes knocking about. So my mm. my only thought with that would be, it's a moneymaker. Yeah, and, and I think it, it could definitely be argued in the case of, well, actually, God of War is a good case, uh, Beyond Good and Evil as well, where, where they just touch the textures up a bit and change the resolution of the game. Um, not a ton of engineering work had to go into it. Um, then yeah, it's it is kind of an easy money making route. Um, you know, the, the, the counter argument would be, well, they they would have just released it as it originally was. Well, I kind of want to lean into that. I actually prefer the the way that Beyond Good and Evil originally was. Um, you're right. The the GameCube version was a very good version of that game. Um and looks fine today uh i don't really think it had to be touched um so i think the ability to stick those letters at the end hd does bring people in i think you know it's a marketing term that does bring in uh, a new user base and makes people believe ah this has been updated for my new system therefore this is like playing a new game yeah, uh, so I, I, I can I can play that game that my friend spoke about, but I missed as though it was a new game. I guess so. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, th I think I think that's my my chief problem with it. I think like maybe I mean I'm quite looking forward to the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Sure. Because as far as I understand, it's a remake. It, yes, it's it's a complete from scratch remake. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that at all. I know you're going to cry. No, I'm not looking forward to it either. <laughs> but this is yeah. the key. You two, in this case, you di you played that game. I never have. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Sure. Even if I did, even if you, if it, if I did not play it, I would probably not play the remake because they they will change a lot of things to adapt it to to nowadays times. I mean, but if you hadn't played it, you wouldn't know. Well, I wouldn't know, but if I had the chance, which I do have the chance of playing the original game, it's on the PS3 for download or anything. But yeah, let's say that I don't own a PS3. All right, yes, then I would play the remake, but only if I never played it and I had no means to play the original. Well, that's the I've, I've had it sitting. I've had the original sitting in my Steam library for years. I think we made a an ill-fated attempt to try to play it to get some some stuff. I, I, I think the I think the capture tool wasn't running or something like that. No, it was basically we couldn't get the controls to work because you oh have yeah to, yeah you it's have the to PC play it version. on a keyboard. Yeah. yeah yeah it was pretty rough. You know, or you have to jump through all these hoops to get a janky sort of control system working, and that's that's the thing. I think like graphically, it's not welcoming to a lot of people that didn't play it because I mean, you know. I think yeah, it's have, terribly. Yeah, I think people have melded in their heads like what they imagine the game looks like. Uh, I don't know, maybe some of the Final Fantasy FMV stuff, you know, because it was legendary at its time. Yeah, back that's the key word here, at its time. I mean, back in the day, this game was completely revolutionary. I mean, this was the very first Final Fantasy that most Europeans and Americans saw for a long, long time since the Super Nintendo. And this was, like, mind-blowing. Three discs of a game, super long story, FMV cutscenes, 3D graphics. What are you talking about? So, yeah, this was really revolutionary. But right now, you play it, and it's, like, nothing out of the ordinary. It's just... And, and that's a really good point, actually, Bob, because I think that wow factor was a big part of why Final Fantasy VII was... A, so a, high-regarded. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And in actual fact, oh, well... I'm going to take a deep breath before I say this. It's <laughs> it's it's not the best Final Fantasy. It's not even the second, third, or fourth best Final Fantasy. Thank you. Yeah, I was just itching to say that, but okay, people well, will lynch God, me that's for a, that. That's a big yeah. that's a big sigh of relief for me to. For, no, no, <laughs> I no. I was going to hurt someone's feelings, but it is. Well, we, we have not, to change our identities now because people are going to lynch I us. Know, they're going to just know, find us on the street, and they're going to just they just want us dead from now on. Yeah, that's that's at Earl Baker and at Bob Morate on Twitter. If you want to send them all your hate, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, do, I welcome it. I do remember that game fondly, but um, now I have, a, you know, a few more years to have digested multiple Final Fantasy games. I do think some of the earlier games were actually better. Um, but six but, and four, for example. Sure, but I mean, one game I wanted to bring up, um, which has lost its original impact if you were to play it today, is Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Now, when that game came out, and if you were a young teenager like I was, that game was pretty damn scary. Um, play that game today. That game was balls out terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's ridiculous today. The, the, the first game is ridiculous. It, you, I don't think you could be scared by it because it just looks like a bunch of Lego blocks shuffling around with terrible voice acting. It's very cheesy. But as you know, for a young mind, when at the time those graphics were revolutionary and your imagination was enough to fill in the gaps, that was um, a scary experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, to bring that 
game up to date, which they did on the GameCube, and they have again recently on on, on newer systems, um, they they had to address that. And people that have never played the first, you know, the original Resident Evil have had a Resident Evil experience with that story, um, with the same settings, characters, items, etc. But it's been brought up to date and made relevant. But was it still pants wettingly scary by the time you've already played, probably by this point, you've already played Resident Evil 4, widely regarded to be one of the, the best entries in the season, a series, sorry, you know, you've, uh, you've been subjected to Resident Evil 5 and 6 by this point. <laughs> subjected. <laughs> you know, like... Does it still retain? I mean, because I have the remaster. I haven't got around to playing mm. it. That that could well be one of my four in February's next year. Yeah. Like, does it does it stand up? I mean, does it give you that same sense of dread and foreboding as I remember watching a mate play that game? You know, I was too scared to even play that game. I just sat in my mate's bedroom and watched him play it. I think the the remake. Um, I mean, I'm I've. I've got many years on me now since uh, that game, and I I react differently to to in quotes scary games. But I think the 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 setting and the atmosphere are intact and updated, so that that mansion is an important setting for that game, mm-hmm. and that feeling of what's round the corner, um, and then encountering what is in fact round the corner are all are all brought up to date. Brilliantly, I think that is an excellent example of a very good remake. Right. I think that's one of the better remakes that I can think of. Can you think of any that have really tickled your fancy, Bob? Do any of you know about Clock Tower? I've seen the first one. That was PS One. If I'm wrong, wrong. it was a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> I've, I've seen the PS One version. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. So the original game was a Super Nintendo game, which was by then already terrifying. You know how how much of a was I am for playing uh, <laughs> scary games and such. I did play Clock Tower, and I played Clock Tower on the PS One. That was the very first and last game that I played <laughs> in terms of scary games. And um, I'm not really sure if it's actually a related thing or not. If it, I don't think it's the same story, but it's kind of the same setting, you know, same setting in, uh, in some sort of happens in uh, some sort of mansion and stuff. You got a guy with giant scissors chasing you around. You never know where it is. He scares you a lot, and uh, you have a few ways to um, divert attention from him. Hey, I so played the it remake actually... of that. It's called Alien Isolation. N- yeah. <laughs> You may laugh about this, but you may be actually right. Alien Isolation probably took a lot of cues from Clock Tower on that. You know, unscripted events, exactly where the alien may be hiding or when he may just jump onto you, where maybe a room safe or not and where to hide. You know, all these things probably were coming uh, initially from a game like Clock Tower. Because in Clock Tower, if you hide some in some place, like for several times in a row, the enemy knows where, where you're hiding and catches you anyway. So the alien does that. It's the same in Alien Isolation. I haven't played it, but I heard about that. So I mentioned that it, it just learns from what you do. So yeah, um, in in that regard, it may not be an exact remake of the game. It might be some sort of reboot of the franchise. But but that did actually impress me back in the day. 
the, the Super Nintendo version was really, really scary for being 16-bit graphic, pixel art, all these things. It can be pretty damn terrifying. The atmosphere was just nailed. And um, the PS1 version was even more terrifying. So There is a, a fan translation of the uh, original SNES version available. Ah, so that's where, okay. When I when I initially played it, I did not play, obviously, the original cartridge. I played a ROM. So it was that fan translation that I have, that I must have played. Oh, okay, yeah. There, there's no, there was no official uh, English release. That may, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's why I never yeah. really saw it around. So, yes, there is a fan translation, and uh, and that's the one that I played, definitely. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. There was, uh, there was a game I wanted to bring, um, actually, um, a, a remake. Um when Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network games were really, really kicking up a ton of momentum, there was a game that uh, was from the NES era, which they didn't just port over um, like most of those games, like Smash TV and Paperboy, like the Midway games, they were just like for like ported to Xbox uh, Live at the time. Bionic Commando was made from scratch. Ah, I remember that. This is a this is another game that's been sat in my Steam library for eons now. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 remade the NES Bionic Commando, and the the NES version um, did need a spit a bit of spit and polish, really. I would say to be acceptable today for someone that's never played the original. I never played the original now. But I did play the remake, though, and and I and I think the remake was very good. For, it was for, for both both for people that had played the original game and everyone I'd spoken to that hadn't. Uh, really, really dug that game. Mind you, let's not get confused. There is an actual game called Bionic Commando. This is not the one that we're talking about. We're talking about Bionic Commando Rearmed. That's correct, and I believe you can still get it on Xbox Live and PSN. Uh, definitely, definitely on Steam, though, as Tom said. Yeah. And it's a good one. I do recommend it. Even if you haven't played the original Bionic Commander, which I haven't, I did still enjoy the, the, the remake. And it actually got me curious about trying out the original, but I just didn't have the chance yet. <clears throat> Speaking, changing slightly the subject, what is your take on this remasters slash remake, which is pretty much the same game, but completely redone from scratch with new control inputs, such as, such as Monkey Island Special Edition, game, the Day of the Tentacle, HD, Grim Fandango. Uh, ah, that's a, that's a, that's a very good one. Yeah. Because, because the, the original engine is running underneath. Yeah. Um, the Scum engine, um, as it was called for the, for the Monkey Island games, is actually running underneath the, the brushed up graphics and the voice work. And you can seamlessly switch between the old and new versions. At the press of a button. It's super neat. I love that. Um, I, I think it was phenomenal. That, that, is a big, that is a big thing in our house. The Monkey Island and things like that is, uh, you know, we were very welcoming of the new versions, I think. It's a game that is just timeless, Monkey Island. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times I play it. It doesn't matter that I know the script by heart right now. It's just, it keeps being awesome. It's just, it's just great. I, even if they were to remake it tomorrow, I would probably buy it again, play it again a thousand times. Uh, yeah, probably the same. I mean, Monkey Island 2 in particular is one of my favorite games of all time. But when, when I played that game originally, I thought, oh, if only they had voice actors for this. But that's not possible. Ah, well... The future gave you the answer. <laughs> exactly. So I think I almost feel like those were fulfilling the original intention uh, with those games. You know, those, I don't think um, I don't think that 
the creators of point and click games wanted people to have to read lines and lines of text. I think if it was possible to get voice actors into a studio, uh, they would have done that from day one. I think they started doing that with Day of the Tentacle, in fact. The first CD-ROM point and click I played was Gabriel Knight, but oh. it, it definitely wasn't the first. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the first, though. And Indiana Jones as well. That was early. I like these games. I like the the new versions of these games, and I think they have like a little loophole for me. Is that they, at the same time that they're remade, they pay homage to the to the old games. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, you can seamlessly switch out if you want to play that game again. You don't have to get the scum emulator or whatever. You can literally play the old version of the game. In Mon- in case of Monkey Island, uh, you can play the old game by just hitting. I think it's like F. F four or something. You can yeah. you can switch between the two, so it's really good. They have the new graphics for the people who want it, the people who don't. It's just an accessible way to play a classic game again. Mm-hmm. I would love that as a rule. Yeah, like, all of these HD remakes to 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 be able to. I don't have to change on the fly. I mean, Halo, the Halo collection did the same thing, I think. Um, but. I don't have to have the ability to change on the fly. To have two executables, the original and the remaster, would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, just just yeah. instead of you know slavishly copying it, and then that's what you've got. It's sort of for me, it's it's a parallel to what Lucas did to you know Star Wars. Uh, but in the same way, you have this possibility to to have the version you remember, or have a, a nice new version. And the same way with Grim Fandango. You can very well play it. They've updated a lot of stuff in there. It looks really nice. But if you want that platinum trophy, in the case of the PS4 uh, version, uh, played with tank controls, you have to play it the original way. Yeah. And I'm still battling my way through that. And that was a game I never played the original. But it's it's damn funny. I'm glad. I'm glad that I've got a chance to play that game. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm trying to give it that original twist by playing it through with the tank. Controls. <laughs> it's awful. funny because if you if you read if you read the description of that trophy, it says play the entire game with tank controls. Tim demanded this achievement to happen, and he knows perfectly that everybody everybody hates tank controls on Green Fandango, but it's still there and it's still well. Trophies are another topic that I know what else stands is, and um, we better not getting riled up into this. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I mean. Trophies aside, um, I I bought that game on the Vita, or I think it's a cross-platform thing anyway, that the Vita version is also playable on PS4, etc. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think I would have to play that game with the new controls. Yeah. Because the original controls, even when it was released, were awful. Yeah, it were really bad, it's, yeah. It's, it literally is a grim journey that I'm taking. You know, I'm playing it slowly. I'm dropping. I'm dropping back in here and there, but it is just like, oh my god! Sometimes you just like, I just want to kill myself. You know, because because really, the you know the controls are okay once you get the hang of them, but it sometimes the hang just disappears. You know, so you can be tanking around for for a good few minutes. You're like, oh, I've really got this down now, so this is not going to be so hard. And then for some reason, your thumb seize up. Things stop working. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I think I think it's you, trophy whores, getting punished for your for your collective nature. Yeah, that is generally quite a nice way of looking at it as well. That like, okay, yeah. you won that platinum, we're gonna make you suffer. 
you yeah, know. you deserve it. But um, I mean, that that is one of my exceptions. These kind of point and click games getting getting remade. You know, I think was it Telltale that did the updated version as well of Monkey Island? Uh, yeah, the tale. Well, it was a follow up. I mean, what Telltale did was a new. Yeah, it was a sort of unofficial sequel. And it wasn't. It, it didn't have the same sort of level. But again, it hasn't had the sort of time to mellow and stew like like some of these games have. You know, Resident Evil's a classic for a reason. Te- uh, Monkey Island is a classic for a reason. You know, and so a new a new version or a new game in that series is never going to have the same the same impact in that case. It was still good though. You just you just made the light bulb go off, and I, I may have even read that this was the case somewhere where um, to re to 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 remake or remaster the first Monkey Island didn't cost an arm and a leg, and they were pretty sure there was a good interest in replaying that game. The money made that they were hoping for from that. Um, not only funded the sequel, but also proved that the license was still valuable, which led to Telltale making um, another Monkey Island series. So it, it could be stated that these, what we what we earlier accused of being, you know, cheap hash jobs, are actually proving that the IP still has value because people are still buying it, and it could actually lead to a full sequel being created. But does it does it still have value in the nostalgic shut up and take my money type thing? You know, I mean, I read somewhere they they've made these Nike uh, Back to the Future trainers, and I read it, they were like thirty seven thousand dollars to buy the self lacing Nike trainers, and that Jeez. you know, and that is wow. just capitalizing insanely on the sort of level of nostalgia that people have. And I think I think that's part of the issue for me. I think if you say, "Hey, we're going to do Silent Hill 2 full HD and it's going to be amazing," and everybody would throw money at whoever was remaking it, except <laughs> maybe you know, <laughs> which they actually did. They actually did uh, release um, an HD version of Silent Hill 2. Was it HD or was it just updated? Uh, it was HD. HD. It was HD. It, they did a terrible job. Really? <laughs> Yeah, and you've you've stumbled upon an example of a bad HD remaster because the I, I can't remember if it was the original build of the game was essentially lost, so they had to work from an alpha version. Um, so it technically was actually buggier than the original release, nice. and and the nature of that game because you're looking through thick fog, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it didn't really. Um, it didn't. It didn't actually improve the game to be sharper, because the original game, looking slightly muddy, was part of its artistic intent. And this is this is my this is my problem with it. I mean, you know, if you're taking something like I, I, you know, I'm looking through this list of of remakes, remasters. I can see, you know, I'm I'm playing at the moment um, a Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, and I'm very, 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 very tempted to get both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask because Ocarina of Time, I loved it on the 64, and I never ever here's another big one, I never played Majora's Mask um, I'm not blaming you on that actually mm. No? No no love for, for Majora's Mask in this case? It's not that it's a good game, but it didn't have the traction that Ocarina did. Okay, so I played it but I played Ocarina, you know, I played it on the GameCube I then played it again, I think it was on the virtual store, and and I love that game, and what you know what's putting me off getting it on the 3ds is just simply the water temple 
Oh, yes. I, I, I have no <laughs> desire to waste my time as a full-grown adult. I have no desire to waste my time with that damn temple ever again. I know. I know. If if you would uh, let me give you a piece of advice, uh, get Majora's first because precisely you have not played mm. it. You should get Majora's first, and then later on, if you still crave a little more Zelda, get Triforce Heroes and play with us. <laughs> okay, you are. I've been very tempted with that. You know they actually rejigged that. They rejigged that temple though. They actually changed it in the 3DS oh, really? version. They did, yes, slightly. Yeah, they they, they were very aware that that. The game is completely untouched, to my knowledge, other than a slight spit and polish on the graphics. But that temple, they have changed. So it now takes it now takes three weeks to finish instead of six. <laughs> Zelda Zelda three D games actually have a lot of small changes that really improve the quality of life of of the game. So uh, let's put the example for it in Majora's Mask. Uh, uh, Tom hasn't played it, so this probably would mean nothing to him. But when I played it originally on the Nintendo 64, you remember that you have to play some with uh, with some kits, some hide and seek, in order to figure out in order to figure out what the code to enter the secret base is. Yeah. So after you've done that, and after you've recovered your instrument that makes you human, then in the original Nintendo 64 version, you would have to do that again. Because well, it was the time just went back and people did not remember you and whatever, whatever. But on the remake on the 3DS version, they said, "Oh, by the way, I know that you've done this before. So here you go. Here's the key. The kids, uh, I just found this um, notebook in the ground that has the key to this place. So there you go. You don't have to do it again. So yeah, I mean, they do. They are really aware that there are some things that are really annoying to do." And that um, improved uh, small changes that really improved the game in a big way. And of course, again, graphics are slightly better as well. So, do yeah. they change? Do they improve the translation? Yes, they did. Right, it was completely Cause, redone. Because that's that's. I mean, I would pay good money to play Final Fantasy VII exactly as it was, but with a completely new translation. Um. <laughs> Well, you're you're talking to a Spanish person in this case, so you know oh boy, they, have the some, they have some bones to pick with that translation. The Spanish version, oh my god, Final Fantasy VII Spanish version was terrible. Yeah, I've 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 heard there are big issues. I mean, the the in actual fact, um, we could probably have a fight on this one because no. the English the English version is absolutely disgusting as well, <laughs> um, and um, it, it it just doesn't make sense in places that there's, I mean, Google it. There's uh, there are, there are many places where the the, the story stops making Google sense. Google the same in Spanish. I mean, you know. But uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've I've I yeah. I've heard the case. You but know, I'll... but you know, it's, it's really different in our case because uh, for you, you've been already used all your life of playing games in English. But Final Fantasy VII for us Spaniards was one of the very first, if not the first, RPG that was translated to Spanish, especially in the PS4 and the PS1. So, mm. uh, oh yeah, actually, the, we did have some RPGs translated to Spanish before like secret of evermore or an illusion of time but so on and uh, final fantasy 7 was the very first final fantasy that was ever translated so we were not really picky with the translation you know it was enough if we could understand what it said right right we, we were already happy with that we still have a good laugh with some of the situations so <laughs> but and and now that i'm a grown man and i know english it's like what the hell but <laughs> still back in the day back in the day we were not really picky about that and we still work on it sure okay so here's Here's moving moving slightly on before we get bogged down into just how awful those translations were. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm a big music fan as well, and uh, you know, I I have been known to get 
unreasonably angry when uh, certain bands mm-hmm. cover or have the gall or the sheer cheek to cover what I would consider to be a classic song. I mean, one of the ones that really, really gets my goat even today is the Scissor Sisters cover of Comfortably Numb. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, can't, you can't let a sort of cheesy dance act take a Pink Floyd song and ruin it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it makes me really, really angry when stuff like that happens. And I know it's, it's really sort of, you know, over the top. And yeah, it's it, introducing it to a new audience and this kind of thing. So this basically leads me on to, to thinking about, are there any games that under no circumstances you would like to see touched in terms of remakes? <laughs> the funny thing is, if you asked me this question about 10 years ago, I would have actually said Final Fantasy VII um <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, do not touch that game. Um, um but I, I care slightly less about that game now. Um I'll I'll try and stick to a narrative game because I was gonna go on to Paperboy or something like that. Yeah, I think those those classic coin operated games were just so tightly designed that you shouldn't touch them because it is what it is. There's always room for a microtransaction or two in there, though. <laughs> but I, I would say for me, I think the it's it's a weird one, but the one that I really wouldn't like to see touched would be uh, Morrowind. Morrowind, oh. Yeah, because I, I, I had that game on the on the first Xbox, and I I adored that game. I put hours and hours. I remember I spent my summer break between uni years, you know, playing that game for hours and hours and it was something special you know it really i mean the time uh, the place that i was the amount of hours that i put into that game you know i i stopped being social for quite a long time you know parties were i was invited to got missed <laughs> uh you know things like this but i don't think i could replicate in any way the feeling that i got from playing morrowind yeah, I, I think I think I could apply. Actually, now I've now I've been thinking about it. Practically an entire era of games that I wouldn't want touched and don't need to be touched. Um, the 16-bit era, mm. and I'm talking maybe more specifically the SNES and the Sega Mega Drive. I don't think anything on those systems needs to be touched. Um, which is why Sega haven't done an HD remake of Sonic the Hedgehog and why Nintendo hasn't done an HD remake of any of the Mario games because they were perfect. I was thinking the other day, though, it was a thought that's been tickling the back of my mind for a little while that I would love to see a new version of Streets of Rage with like some of this, uh, you know, Hotline Miami style soundtrack. Weren't there any new versions of Streets of Rage? Or am I thinking of... Hmm. Um, no, the, the, the fourth Streets of Rage game, um, oh, what was it called? It was released on Fighting Force. Ah. Yes, Fighting Force. It was made by Core Design, I remember that game. I think it was. Yeah, they, they were brought in originally by Sega to make Streets of Rage 4, um, and Sega didn't like it, so basically kicked them out, and they released the game... Um, under the name Fighting Force and also released a sequel uh, called Fighting Force 2. I would have called it Fighting Forcer. <laughs> well, that's too bad because Fighting Force was actually a really good game. Yeah, I actually quite liked it. Um, and also Die Hard Trilogy and the Saturn. I enjoyed that, which was very similar. Um, not Trilogy, Die, Car- Die Hard Arcade. 
diehard arcade on the Saturn. But yeah, I, I, I could go for a, a, a Streets of Rage. Actually, I've, I've actually played quite a lot of fan-made HD Streets of Rage games, but um, the, the soundtrack to the original games are perfect, so I reject uh, <laughs> changing the music of any of the original Streets of Rage games. It's 30% of the charm anyway. Yeah, well, I, I do have to confess here that we, you know, me and Earl, in, in, in a beautiful summer last year, sat down together and played all three Streets of Rage back-to-back and recorded us doing it. Yeah, they are the first the first three videos we ever uploaded, I think, are us playing those games in one sitting. Yep, it was glorious. So I do <laughs> I do agree with you that I think you could probably leave the sixteen bit era alone. Yeah, I get it. Certainly certainly the big classics from that era. So what about you, Bob? What what wouldn't you you know, what would you consider to be sacred? Well, I have I have a couple of titles in mind and um i'm gonna go with dungeon keeper on the pc Mm. dungeon keeper i think as it was it just does not need any kind of remake it was good as it it is it is perfect as it is in terms of i don't know graphics controls vision and uh, scope campaign everything it just it was just fun to play as it is and if we were to make a remake now it would probably have to change a few of its mechanics and it would just not be the same thing even if it was just Mm. an amped graphics even if it was just an hd remake or a remaster of the game it would just not be the same charm because it just needs to be the pixelated sprites um, fake th- isometric 3D game that it was. It was just perfect. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that at all. I'm going to ask you to define uh, which one would be the game that you would like to see remade and why. Okay, so the game that I would love to see remade rather than remastered, I think, is completely out of left field, and it's Realms of the Haunting. Never heard of that one. On the PC. You can dig it out. It's on Steam, and it's relatively cheap. It was a first-person shooter set in a scary haunted house. You basically go to Cornwall because your estranged father has died. Something weird is happening in his mansion, and it's sort of a first-person shooter, but with a mix of guns and magic wands. Huh. It, all, it is also very heavy on FMV stuff. It came on four discs, Wow! and it ran back on my Pentium... Pentium. <laughs> I think the PC was. I don't think there was a number after the Pentium at that point. Oh right. Uh, and it was. It was great. It was a really cool game. Uh, I haven't gone back. I do own it on Steam. I haven't gone back to see just how crap it is. It might be another one that nostalgia is playing heavy, heavy tricks. But I would love to see something done with the IP in a modern fashion. Because I think, you know, modern 7.1 surround, it was it was a scary game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think a lot of the, the sort of work that's been done with sound design and, and that kind of thing would, would really give it a big boost. Mm-hmm. What about you, Earl? What do you think? Okay, yeah, I've been thinking of one. Um, I am going to go with Moonstone on the Commodore Amiga. Ooh. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> So Moonstone was a local multiplayer game. It was four players. Um, Each of you plays as a knight. Um, There's a world map and everyone basically takes turns to move the knight um, a certain amount of spaces each turn. When it's your turn and 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 you've moved to a space, that space could have a monster on it and the game would turn into a scrolling beat-em-up 
um, or a one-on-one beat-em-up um, where you would have to actually use the joystick to defeat that monster. If two knights were on the same space, those knights had to fight each other. Uh-huh. Um, and essentially the knights all started on the outside of the map and had to find their way into the middle where the grand prize was, which I never saw because we would always kill each other before we got there. <laughs> um, and unfortunately the combat has dated really badly now, so it's not that fun to revisit and therefore that game needs to be remade. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. All right, Bob, to finish this off, tell us. My personal pick, I think would be Earthbound. Ooh. Because... Yeah, Earthbound is on the Super Nintendo. So if if Earthbound were to be remade with uh, proper Nintendo graphics, okay, I'm not just going to say only HD remake with high poly models, textures, photorealistic things. But let's say, imagine an Earthbound remake with, um, let's say, Super Mario, new Super Mario Brothers graphics engine and uh, voiceover and such. I think it would be very interesting to play, to say the least. You could probably just include a few improvements uh, here and there. Uh, a couple of extra minigames that will be uh, performed with the Wii U gamepad. You name it. I mean, a few things that would make the game just a little more, a little different than the original Earthbound. But yeah, I would, I would really like to see that remade. I take it back. I want every game to be remade for Wii U to use the <laughs> Wii U gamepad. <laughs> okay. So yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Earthbound on on the Wii U or remake is ever going to happen but i don't really need it i would just really want it yeah yeah i think i think sometimes even with these hd remakes that i don't intend to play um beyond good and evil was a good example i'm happy they exist because it's a game i enjoyed and i want other people to discover and enjoy it as well and if if that's what that achieves then i'm all for it I'm going to go the full hipster route and say I played it before it was cool and uh, I don't think anybody should have a HD remake. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't there, you missed it. All right, we'll sign off on that negative yeah, note. Yeah, if you weren't there, <laughs> yeah, you, missed we it, you missed it, you know. All right. Okay, well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please visit the website, www. If people even say that anymore, goplaythat.com. Follow us on Twitter at GoPlayThat and look us up on Facebook and YouTube and SoundCloud and all the other social things. Do all of them. All the things. All the things. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.